What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast, the first episode of the new year 2021, where we're going to talk about some video games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined across the power of the internet by Rachel Mogan. Bongiorno, the first Bongiorno of the new year. The first one of the new year. How are you this fine and dandy new year? Well, first of all, like I got this new webcam, as I'm sure you can tell with the massive uptick, uptick in quality. There. That quality, it's, yeah. it might as well be 4K. It, it is, might as it well is. be. So don't don't look at me. <laughs> Just avert <laughs> your eyes. It's all too much. Man, good thing I had that Invisalign last year. <laughs> don't look at my house. Just block this out. Don't look at any of this. <laughs> Wow, it looks so, so, so nice. It does. But even look like you can see okay. her outside there. It's such a it's a much wider view, though. I will say it is, and that's why Just I'm like, in. oh, I look so small now. I haven't bothered to mess with any of the settings, so maybe I could make this light pink. I don't know. I probably Ooh. can't. I don't think it comes with those kinds of settings. But you never I know. know. If you could like change its white balance and stuff like that, that'd be kind of cool. I'm sure you probably can do that. And, you know, it's just like one of those little ring lights that comes with the webcam. So yeah. maybe they make like little. You could maybe get like colored wax paper. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. Well, and like. I could DIY it. I could make it a rainbow. Represent. Yep. <laughs> when I first started doing video stuff, they told me that like they the my film class, they told they were like, so, you know, obviously video equipment can be expensive and it's all very expensive to do anything really with video equipment. But if you need to like diffuse the light to like soften it and you want something like cheap and, and easy to do it, use dryer sheets. And I was like, Ooh, my God, Interesting. which worked and made the sets smell wonderful and of lavenders and different scents. <laughs> so it's all there's plenty That's of right. DIY weird hacks yeah. that you can do with video stuff to make it work on your yeah. budget. But, uh, well, but yeah, figure so that out. we're here. It's a new year. But before we could really go into the new year and all that stuff, we realized we need to do a wrap up of 2020. Talk about our game of the year. Other fun things that happened to us in our gaming lives throughout the last year. The weird stuff that happened. The controversies that happened. Because, man, there were a couple of those throughout the time. Quite a few. And, uh, but uh, before we do all that, a little bit more about the show for any of those new year, new listeners that we got out there. So Team Chat Podcast, like I said, is a video game show that comes out on Tuesday mornings and the episodes release on 9 a.m. Central Time. You can listen to those on podcast services around the World Wide Web as well as watch a video version of each episode over on our YouTube channel. Links are in the description below. You can find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can join our Discord server where we have a lot of fun conversation and, and uh, hanging out with our with people over there when we're not here recording the show. And finally, if you want to help make the show bigger and better, just like our other patrons, Brandon W., Michael S., Andrew M., Fuchsia Rascal, M Michael B., Ben W and James K all do. You can head over to patreon.com slash team chat podcast, whereas for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you a cool perk like in the episodes early access to a private channel on our discord server the rogues gallery and for our five dollar tier you also get episodes of our uh, patron exclusive show for the first two weeks 
that is Team Chit Chat, where Mogan and I talk about things that are not in the gaming world. Our most recent episode just went out for patrons this last week, where Mogan introduced and talked to me about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. So you can go uh, check that out if you become a patron, and or you know it'll come out onto the YouTube a little bit later on for the general public and release. But so all of that is ways that you can financially support the show. But if you don't want to do that or can't, no big deal at all. We totally would appreciate and love if you would help the show out in other ways, such as telling your friends, writing reviews, uh, subscribing to all the different places where you listen and enjoy our content. That all helps get the big, great word of Team Chat Podcast out to the masses. And we are greatly appreciated all of our listeners, viewers, and patrons alike. Heart emojis. First heart of 2021. Boom, boom. It's It's our heart's beating for you. Mine's dead. (laughs) (laughs) You got a dead, cold heart over there. You got a dead, cold heart. (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into the main topic of the day, let's get a little bit of news and what's coming out soon in our moment with Mogan. Okay, so there is actually stuff coming out in January, if you can believe it, but it looks like the list is actually really small right now, so... That might change, but as of right now, as of this episode's air date on January 5th, Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid Saga Continues, is out for PC. MXGP Oh, I thought you were just giving us a Netflix update, because didn't the third no. season hit? <laughs> I didn't realize there's a game coming out for it. <laughs> it's apparently a game, so yeah, there's a oh, game out for right, that there now. There you go. Um, MXGP 2020 late to the game i guess maybe it got delayed um but that's coming over playstation 5 on january 14th also on the 14th scott pilgrim versus the world the game dash complete edition for playstation 4 xbox one switch stadia and pc and then everything else is coming out way later in the month so that's kind of it there's not there's not a lot coming out right now we're like in that middle ground from all the big releases of the fall waiting for the big releases of the spring so yeah, like we the first all couple need weeks to of January chillax. are usually a little slower than it like February, like kind of like starts picking up with some of the bigger, yeah. the bigger releases and everything like that. Plus, well, everybody has to catch up on all the games they got for Christmas. So it's like, yeah, we, yeah, need, we time. need a little we need a break. We got to play our new stuff and then we can go get more stuff. Oh, you yeah, know? absolutely. That's how it, how it has to happen, you know. So like I said, for our main topic of the day, we are going to be talking about 2020 in review. So basically, we just wanted to kind of have a, and we're just going to kind of jump around to a whole lot of different things, but we will finally announce our game of the year, if you, games of the year, because we each have our own. Uh, and uh, I bet you couldn't really guess at all what mine's going to be, but we'll get to all of that later. But um, oh, I don't know, we could, we could start with that. What, or let's do this. What games did you play this year? Most so... Not going to lie, when I thought about it, just like without looking at anything, I was like, I not play anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I kind of had that same reaction. I was like, yeah. what did I play this year? I don't I know. Mean, I mean, we, we talked about this very briefly before the show started, but I just have such an out of sight, out of mind mentality where things that were 10 plus years ago, very memorable, set in stone, super easy to recall, things that were two to one years ago lost time gone i i I will remember them (laughs) in eight to nine more years and then i'll be like oh yeah good times but for right now i'm like oh god i don't think anything happened a few things that i could think of right off the bat of like oh yeah that's a new to me game that i actually played a lot of kind of just out of left field crash team racing 
Like when I actually think back to this like spring and summer when I just randomly got back into Crash Team Racing, it's it, it, so it's not out yet the uh, PlayStation year in, in year in review thingies, but they always do one of those here in about mid January or so. And I was like, oh, I, Crash is actually going to be kind of high on that list because I definitely played predominantly the Switch this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of the PlayStation games that I played, that I was like, man, I put actually a lot of hours into those. Crash Team Racing was is probably really high up there. Do you think I it's played, number one? It might be number one, just because everything else is, by comparison, so much smaller. Because I played a little bit of um, blah, 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 Overwatch still. I played mm-hmm. a little bit of Overwatch. Probably played a little bit of Monster Hunter World. Played Rocket League for the first time ever, actually. Nice. So Rocket League is That's a new a game, game from this year. And I was like, but I, I didn't really put that many hours into it. I think total, I have maybe 15, 20 mm-hmm. hours in 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 Rocket League, and everything else would have been on the Switch. And I'm sure you can probably guess on one hand what the, what that game was, because it took up all of my time. I'm going to say that's Animal Crossing New Horizon. Yeah, it might be Animal Crossing, but we can <laughs> we can get to that. So, and aside from like that, I can't think of much else on just PlayStation, except for Vampire, of course, because I actually did put, mm, yeah, we yeah, both yeah. put a considerable amount of time into that game. Yep. All the others would have been Switch games. Nice. So what, um, yeah, for me, as far as once I completed, I, you know, every year I write down how many I, how many games I play and I was legitimate or not play, but complete. And so I was legitimately surprised though, that this list was shorter, I guess, than what I thought it was. Cause a lot of these games were games that I started last year and finished them or 20, I started in 2019, finished in 2020. But, uh, do you, do you, any guesses to the very first game that I beat this, that I completed this year? You were very key to it or a big part of it. Because this blew me away. Ori in the Blind the, Forest? No, nah, this blew me away that this happened in 2020. Because I completely I forgot. I was like really into it. It was Dream Daddy. Oh my God. <laughs> That's hysterical. When we streamed was Dream that- Daddy. Was that this year? It, it was. It was like okay, January. So see, it had to have been if 2020. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem because 2020, you know, I think for everybody in general, it's kind of hard to place things on a timeline because so much of it just blended right together because there were no, all of the normal markers of what kind of make a year just kind of weren't there. So if I had remembered that Dream Daddy was a this year game, I would have mentioned it. But I thought it was a last year game. No. And you know what I thought was actually a this year game that wasn't? I thought hmm. the, the reboot of Link's Awakening, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the one that came out for the Switch. Because I bought it and played it and finished right. it and liked it. I thought that game came out this year, like earlier in the spring. It didn't. It came out last year in September. Oh, wow. Right? Yeah, I thought that was like an, a March-April game. Good lord. No, it wasn't. And I bought it like at release and 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 played the whole thing and finished it. And that was apparently all in 2019. And I was like, no, that was definitely a 2020 game. Well, it's not. That was well, incorrect information. <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, so uh, Dream Daddy we did for our, for our stream where we streamed that because I think that was an Extra Life reward for 2019's extra life that we did that uh then i then was jet star wars jedi fallen order fantastic game followed up by control another fantastic game the last of us part two 
uh, oh, sorry, The Last of Us Left Behind DLC to the first to the first Last of Us game, which I had never played before uh, when I was doing my replay of Last of Us before Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us Part 2, Doom Eternal, Raji and Ancient Epic, Star Wars Squadrons, and Vampire. So that's what I uh, okay. kind of I'm actually very glad year. that you... I'm glad that you reminded me about Control, because again, <laughs> that's just another game that I thought was further back. Like, I just thought it was further back on the timeline, but it yeah, definitely I mean, this wasn't. Year, this year jacked with, with time. Like, yeah, and time. I got Control for Christmas last year. It was actually, I think it was one of my birthday presents, so I had to have played it in 2020. I just thought it was further back than that so yeah control is actually going to be really high on my list once we eventually do get our uh playstation year in reviews it's going to be way high up there uh control's yeah. probably number one followed by crash team racing i would bet i'm wondering if i spent more time in vampire or control honestly good okay, question I, I can't decide hmm, i'll have to see i probably spent more time in control just because i spent so much time derping around i really took my time with that game yeah well, there's lots to explore in that one and so much to uncover. And it was one, too, that like the collectibles, the collectibles were like really fun to find and really yeah. fun to listen to, especially because so many of them were either videos from Dr. Darling or like the good, the great audio recordings that and transmissions and stuff that they had. So I feel like that game, that game really rewarded its exploration well. So you could spend tons of time it around in it. Yeah, um, absolutely. So that that isn't to say that I like, totally ignored a lot of other games like I am still playing. I did get Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Um, the biggest regret I think from last year that I didn't play and have or haven't played yet is that I haven't played Ghost of Tsushima or Hades yet. Those two games, like I am kicking myself that I haven't got to yet. So I think once I finish up, but I don't, but again, it's like, it's hard to say where to fit them back in because this, Hades might be a little easier. Cause that one, I feel like I'll play on my, on my switch. And that one could be like yeah. bedtime game, different things like that. But uh, Ghost, I, I, I guess I might thinking, have to throw it in right after I finish up Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You're probably going to have to because you'll still have plenty of time to play it based on whenever Cyberpunk 2077 becomes a playable game. Yeah. Uh, but Hades, I was actually thinking, God, that one might actually take longer because even though it's a shorter game, so many people just go on multiple, multiple, multiple runs. Because you might not, it might take you, you know, 200 runs before you finally finish it. Right. So, so it's a good one to go ahead and start now, you know. That's a good point. I mean, it is the kind of game that you can just really easily pick back up all the time, I feel like. Whereas with Ghost right. of Tsushima, I feel like in my mind, I would forget a lot of what had happened. Because if, if I took a big break from it, that is. I agree. Ghost of Tsushima, like, it's obviously one that I would want to play in a good, like, in a condensed amount of time because I don't want it to like drag out too long. One of the things I will say that I actually have really enjoyed and it wasn't something that I touched on much in our, in my early, my first impressions of it, of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but that I think this game Valhalla does really well is it sets up the main campaign in arcs. So like you'll go, you'll meet a new character and you'll do like this character's arc or this region's arc. And so it goes, it makes it really easy. It makes the campaign more digestible where I feel like, okay, I'm going to do like a run of five, six campaign missions, finish that out. Then I'm going to go derp around in the open in the world for a little bit, but it's not like I'm leaving things undone in the main story. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been really nice. And I kind of wonder if more games will, or if we'll see that kind of throw, showing up in, in more games. But, uh, but yeah, Ghost, I really, I, I really want to play it because not only is it 
beautiful. It just looks like it's one that's right up my alley. But so far, Assassin's Creed Valhalla has been right up my alley too. Like, man alive. That has been the medieval game that I've been looking for for a while. You're it's such a history bro. <laughs> I am. I am. What can I say? And it's it's perfect because it. I know it's going to get into, it gets into like Norse mythology stuff and all that, which is, you know, part of the time too. But like it, feels it just feels very realistic and i'm really i'm really enjoying that that uh that feel getting to explore the thing but so we we've kind of we talked about it and we've danced around it a little bit so far but uh maybe one of the biggest controversies we could say that happened here at the end of the year was yeah. cyberpunk and like what a crazy thing that is because we haven't done what? our first impressions of cyberpunk yet just because uh, i have it and started playing it on the ps4 and while i wasn't running into all of the glitches and things that and bugs and issues that people not every doing. possible one of the 10,000 there are <laughs> exactly but I was the biggest one the biggest ones were that I was running into is that I could walk up to a character and stand still and my character would still move like be like jittering from side to side and like uh -huh. kind of like sliding around also like the the ps4 my base model ps4 just could not handle the like moving and everything and that was really stuttery and and everything and i was just like yeah. that's it's just not fun to play it was actually like making it it was making it very difficult to play so that's when i was like okay wait pause i'm going to you know wait until they release the patches and make this game that should have been playable on the ps4 and the xbox one at launch actually playable and so yeah. but then i was surprised wonderfully by my beautiful bride samantha at christmas with a ps5 and i was like hell yeah here we go i'm gonna be able to jump in next gen baby but then it plays so much better i will say on the ps5 but it still crashes a lot i ran it i like i tried oh. playing it a few times and i was like running into the game just crashing up and then i'm having to like restart and redo things that i had that i'd already done and i'm just like you know what this is still like the promise of the game is still there. I still see it. I still see how this game will be super fun when I get to actually play it. But I'm just like, I'm not going to sit here and just waste hours and hours and hours trying to force myself to play through this game right now when I could be playing a game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla that is running perfectly and being an amazing experience. So, yeah, but like, let's just talk about how crazy it is. And this is the thing we talked about. I think it was one of the times when I was streaming and something and we were talking, you and I were talking in chat and I was basically like, you told me so. You don't have to say it, Mogan, because I'm going to say it for you. You, I told you so. Just, just let me at least say it once. Say it. I, I told me, you so. Me. Oh my God, you're so right. I was trying to tell everybody, <laughs> but no one would listen. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be ready. I knew it wasn't going to be ready. And I think everybody kind of knew that. And the developers certainly knew it, yeah. and they 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 just their their board of directors they, they it, there was so many mistakes, so many, and it's not even really the fact I feel like that the game wasn't ready because no, it, it definitely wasn't and should have been delayed a lot longer. Um, I just couldn't imagine a world, really, where. CD Projekt Red would sacrifice all of the like high standing that they held in the gaming community to be able to do that, to bamboozle us basically with what Cyberpunk was at launch. And they did. They made so much goodwill among gamers with with uh, Witcher 3. And people have been saying like, oh, Witcher 3 at launch was buggy. True. 
fine, you know, but games have bugs. But it's not to where it was unplayable at launch on the systems it was promised to be able to be played on. And, uh, you yeah. know, that, and so, and true, yes, over time, those bugs have been fixed and it's a wonderful experience. True. And I'm sure the same thing's going to ha- happen for Cyberpunk. But the fact that it was pu- pushed to be able to be released on PC, PS4, and Xbox One, PS5, Xbox Series X versions coming later, but like you're going to have the full experience at launch when the game launched December 10th. That just wasn't the case. And like even it's and it's became more apparent as time went on that they knew that wasn't going to be the case or in like the leadership then like was either misleading shareholders, developers, everything like just be like, hey, it's still going to be ready. You can still play it on your PS4, you know, and all that stuff. And that just wasn't. And that's just a move that I can't fathom how they thought that was going to work out good for them. Like, sure, they made a shitload of money and they made back the development costs of Cyberpunk within the first like week or something like that from pre-order sales alone, really, which were like eight, 10 million, I believe. So like. But good luck with all that money. Sit on your riches when no one will buy your shit from here on out or no one will trust anything that you want to release from here on out because no one is going to expect it to be ready. No one is going to expect that what they're going to be given is what they were promised. So it's just like, why would you shoot yourself in the foot like that? I know that I'm going to sound like, so I know it's going to sound like really jaded and probably even bitter, but I, I feel like CD project red kind of got its reputation of being the good developer I'm not really entirely sure where that came from because I feel like the cracks were kind of always there. Uh, You know, there was a lot of talk, obviously, about crunch at CD Projekt Red. Mm -hmm. And even when that those discussions were happening, like if you would go to Twitter and look at, you know, Jason Schreier's Twitter, for example, where he was trying to talk about crunch, people Mm -hmm. in the comments on those threads would just be like, oh, you don't understand. It's not that bad. But like just vehemently defending CD Projekt Red. And it's like, but why? Why are you trying to downplay? Yeah. Why are you trying to downplay these issues when they are real issues happening to real people? And now we're seeing the result of that. It's like if we had maybe listened a little bit more to what people were saying and saying that they're not a perfect developer, they're not the, you know, in air quotes, they're not the good developer. You know, my opinion is like there's no such thing. Uh, Every developer is in it for profit. And even if they're able to create really wonderful products, they're still, those are still for the purpose of making money. So it's mm-hmm. like you can't really fault them for doing what their purpose is, but also you shouldn't be putting any individual developer up on a pedestal like that because you are naturally setting yourself up for failure because yeah. these kinds of things are going to happen, I think, to any developer that gets to any sort of notoriety or like hype i guess because even with uh hello games you know with no man's sky that was a small studio mm-hmm. that just kind of like became a victim of the hype machine and it was also their fault you know they definitely marketed their game wrong and it was also mm-hmm. extremely broken at launch but also it's like it's kind of consumers are a little bit in the wrong for making things out to be what they're not before you've even seen the game but also the developers are wrong for marketing their games incorrectly, for selling, you know, promises that aren't true, that are just blatantly not true, and for putting out products that aren't ready. So I realize that this is a very messy <laughs> assessment of what's going on, but it's a messy 
situation. It and it's an incredibly like, messy situation. It's, it's, it's like, a messy God. situation. CD Projekt Red is being sued by quite a few of its investors because they are owed for good reason, uh, you know, obviously. So, and there's that whole refund scandal. It's just, it's just bad and it's gross. Oh yeah, I completely forgot it even being pulled from PSN digital. Has it been restored PSN. even? I don't think no. it's been restored yet. No, Sony's not yeah. putting it back until it's actually playable, which, which is perfectly I mean, understandable. But again, another thing where they're just like, oh, hey, you guys don't like it. No big deal. P- Sony and Microsoft are going to refund you. And then that became obviously like, they did not talk to Sony and Microsoft about that. And they're, and Sony especially was like, pump the brakes here, bro. No. What was that? <laughs> what, what are you saying? Like, and yeah. then so that they wound up, you know, at, so they still started um, redeeming those re- refunds and stuff like that and, and issuing those. But still, yeah, their response then was like, well, tough noogies, guys. We're taking your game off the, off the store, which was insane. And so it's just... A lot of different things like that. And just there were the warning signs that we should have seen, I feel like, or paid more attention to, especially that like reviewers are not being sent versions on the PS4 and the Xbox One. I do actually want to touch on that real quick because that is, man, when I heard about that, that's a move that Sonic Boom pulled. A notoriously janky Sonic game that you've probably never even heard of because it was so because it was so (laughs) bad. It was so bad. But Sonic Boom came out like years ago, maybe 2014, 2016. I don't know. And there was that same situation. There was a review embargo. So for people that aren't aware, uh, CD Projekt Red did send out reviewer copies, you know, in advance to reviewers, obviously, but they were only permitting the PC versions to be the ones that were reviewed prior to the game's launch. So on launch day, people could start to publish reviews about the PS4 and Xbox One versions, but those were barred prior to that. And that is just a, an F. Well, I don't even know if they were barred, but I don't even think there was even, they were even available. Like, I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody's played the, if, if I'm remembering this correctly, I don't think anybody played the PS4, Xbox One version of Cyberpunk until launch day. Yeah, and it's just that's a that's an astounding example of scumbaggery because that mm-hmm. proves that they knew it was unplayable and they used the PC version as a crutch, as an obvious crutch to pretend like the problem wasn't as bad as it was. And that's just that's lying. That is lying to your players, that's lying to re- your reviewers because they're reviewing a, a game that actually isn't really complete. So I know a lot of reviewers were really unhappy about that after the fact when they realized like, oh my God, I said this game was amazing, but it was only based on my version and everybody else's versions are absolute shite. I feel Mm -hmm. terrible now. And it's just, it's just gross. It's a gross situation all around. Yeah, it really is. And so, you know, so we'll be still holding off. Like I, I do want to still see what the game's about. You know, I'm still I'm still curious to see what it is and what it offers, because, you know, the promises as far as like it being how immersive it was, which I and like how it's like the next level of what a role playing game could be. You know, I'm curious to see what those things are. And even in the small bits I've played, uh, I even told you, like, even when I was playing the PS4 version, I was like, it's immersive. Like you really feel in this world from just how much is going around with you. It is easily one of the quickest games that I feel like you start playing and you are immediately in the headspace of I am living in night city. And I think that that is a really cool thing to get to experience and to get to like really feel. But 
Uh, so, but I mean, still, even with it playing way better on the PS5, I'd like, I want to spend my gaming hours on something a little bit more fruitful at the moment. So we'll eventually get to cyberpunk reviews, first impressions and all that stuff. But it might be a while because I will, I, I specifically want to, st- I think, wait for like the patches that are going to, Oh, of course. Performance. I can't wait to buy it on like Anthem pricing where it's like $10, a dollar. <laughs> yeah. Like a dollar in a bin, get that yeah. sweet deal and then just patch it all up. But I do hope that they are actually able to fix what's wrong with it. It, it seems like the problems are so deep. I'm sure it's going to take a long time before mm-hmm. it is actually a completed game. Well, uh, but- and then I think the problems then need to then once, you know, as that's going on or in, you know, in priority, it's like CD project red needs to fix itself because yeah. like you're, what have you done? And, and to, you know, jumping back to what you said about like, you don't, you weren't ever really sure where the, it's like good guy, you know, pers- uh, impression in the market came from i think it really stemmed a lot from the witcher series and especially how they treated its dlc and different things like that like it it very much was like the dlc for the witcher 3 they released two dlc content packs which gave like i want to say this one of them one of the dlc packs for the for the witcher was almost as much game content as the second witcher game itself but it was still sold for like 15 dollars as an as an add-on price and so i think people were about it was the whole thing of like you they felt they got their value for what they were spending their money on and i think that really went a long way in people's minds of like oh my god i, I you mean i could spend 75 dollars you know base game add-on dlc and stuff like that and and be getting these dlc packs which are going to give me another ungodly amount of hours and game to explore that's incredible that's awesome and i think that really hypes people up but it's like but now like cd project Red's starting back from zero like they're 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 back yeah. to the to zero to be like where are we going to get where are we going to go from here how are we going to redeem ourselves if ever like i think people now probably are like hey ea they're not that bad that is actually a really funny <laughs> joke because every single time something like this happens to anyone that isn't a ea i yeah. always have the thought of like it must be a good day day at ea oh they're probably EA they're probably in the, like, in the bust out the champagne <laughs> yeah. we are having a party <laughs> we're not they the worst probably, they probably <laughs> love it when this comes i bet that they're like community managers online are like yes it's gonna be a good week for once yeah time. <laughs> yeah i man i it's it's a wild wild ride uh that w- that they uh they put us on for the last couple the last few weeks yeah um, but so real quick i do actually want to mention just a smaller game that i played way back at the beginning of 2020 that i just want to make sure people don't forget about because i think okay. it's wonderful and i kind of forgot i reviewed it but it's a darling game that everyone should play please go play wander song wander song oh, yeah such a fun heartwarming interesting game and good god looking back wander song is the game that 2020 needed like oh yeah anything that brings bright and happiness well not even that but like i think we talked about it when i reviewed that game wander song actually has a pretty dark underlying story it's Mm. very like it's it's them against the end of their universe basically the world is ending and if 2020 you know was nothing else it felt an awful lot like the world was ending at times and wander song manages to cut through that with a such a hopeful tone i just feel like if you're if you're feeling down if you're feeling blue 
please go play Wander Song. It is cheap as dirt at this point. It's not terribly long. I think I played it over the span of three weeks because it was right at the beginning of the year. Uh, so please play Wander Song. It is a wonderful game made by a cool guy that just wanted to capture the feelings of a sweet bike ride across America that he took one time. And it's like, yeah, awesome. I saw that. So go play Wander Song. I did, and it's wonderful. Uh, and there was another smaller, Concrete Genie, the other one oh, that I yeah, definitely yeah, want to yeah, highlight. Yeah. Uh, both of these games, Wandersong and Concrete Genie, they are smaller games, you know, maybe 10 to 15 hours max. Wandersong could probably be shorter than that even. Uh, but they are just light and hopeful, and they're creative. They are two of the more creative games that I've played this year, and I just... I would highly recommend them to absolutely anyone. So please, and Concrete Genie has VR, and it's the only Ooh. game that I think deserves it. That and Beat Saber, obviously. So, <laughs> so please go play Concrete Genie and Wonder Song. They are just wonderful games, and they will bring joy and light to your heart. Nice. I think I think a game for me that I played this year that I wasn't, I was expecting it to be good, but I was kind of like, oh, and like a good example of how you like treat your fan base and everything is Star Wars Squadrons. This game. Yeah. You know, it came out $40 and people are like, oh, not even like the typical $59.99. All right, cool. That's awesome. Thank you. And this game, like I said in the in my review and first impressions, is the Star Wars game I didn't realize I needed because it just really brought back those old fighter dogfighting games of like Star Wars past, like Rogue Squadron, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, all those things. And it just brought them back in a way that it just feels like you're playing the modern version of those games. But the really cool thing about Squadrons, aside from its fantastic action and all this stuff, is they said when the game came out, they were like, hey, here's the game, $40, enjoy this flight simulation dogfighting game and have fun with it. But this is what it is. But... And people are like, oh, okay. But okay, cool. Okay. But then, since then, they have re reneged on that promise, but in a good way, by they're still providing content updates and providing, they released two new ships, one for each of the, the Rebels or the Republic and the Imperials. And they originally were not going to do that, but they released two new ships. They've released tons of new cosmetics. They released a line of like uh, Mandalorian themed cosmetics that you so like, I have little baby Yoda in my cockpit of my A-Wing and it's awesome. <laughs> and so like you can have these little like internal cosmetics for your cockpit, which weren't supposed to really be the thing that you were going to get. And so this, and then even over, the holidays, they released a, t a couple new uh, little cosmetic drops, like a, a Wampa figurine and then like a life date orb that you could have and put into your things. And so it's just like it's a it's a talking about like a good way to treat your fan base and, and everything. Not for saying that like developers have to give us free stuff to make us love them. But if it's it's just how it was initially said, like, here's the game. It, this is what this is what it is. And you're and this is what you're going to get. But then to like still see how well the game is doing and then reward that fan base with these new drops and new cosmetics. I would have bought these cosmetics, honestly, like I would have bought the cosmetics. I would have bought the, if they dropped a DLC pack. Oh, they also released a new map. And so like I would have paid for those things because the game is so great, but here they are being like, you know what? No, just here you go. And that's just kind of fun. Like there's no other microtransactions in this game at all. It's not like, and so it's just kind of like a fun it's it's how it kind of used to be, I guess. And it's kind of like a fun return to form in like 
just getting these these updates and it, it's just like it, it's a refreshing to see in a way that like it can be done and a game can be successful and still provide you know great new things and new drops for their players but the game in and of itself fantastic and i love it so much i will say on the ps5 even it plays so much better and i'm even like i guess it could also be because my controls were my controller was old at this point and kind of worn down but like i was having the hardest time with like the drifting mechanic and stuff like that in on my ps4 but man i booted it up on the ps5 started playing and i was like i'm drifting everywhere i'm going so fast ricky bobby and it's ricky like, bobby. It was, it was, it's great I have a great time in that game. And and it I also mean, is like, I knew it was going to be good. I was just, I'm continually su- impressed with how good it is. If I had to guess, I would say that squadrons may have done better than they initially expected because mm-hmm. here just over the holidays, you know, I don't get regular TV uh, at home, but over the holidays, I actually saw a number of commercials for Star oh, Wars really? squadrons. So wow. I was like, oh, they must've gotten more marketing money. Because, you know, running commercials is really expensive. And I saw a lot of them. So based on, like, the the additional content that they're putting out when they said they weren't going to, and this big push in marketing all of a sudden, I bet the game just did better than they thought. And they were like, oh, we need to capitalize on this. Let's go. Mm -hmm, We weren't mm -hmm. really expecting this to happen. But marketing, can you put something together real quick? Chop, chop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's been it's been fantastic, and it's been a great a great time getting to play that game. But uh, I guess let's go ahead then and move into our discussions on what were our games of the year for twenty twenty. Do you want to start, or should I start? I feel like mine uh, might be a little faster to talk about. <laughs> with yours, because mine's actually complicated. Okay, so mine's a little everything. easier. Mine's a little easier, and I know it's probably a huge shock to no one whatsoever. But my game of the year, I had to give it. I have to give it to Last of Us Part Two. That game, for all the multitudes of reasons that I've said before on all the different times I've talked about it, just for more for me, not as much in its gameplay, but it's it honestly in its story and writing. I think it just was exceptional. How it was able to take what how players thought it was going to go. Or even, I guess, how even I thought it was going to go. And it being this more of like this deep dive into the story of Ellie. But then it kind of being switched on its head. And then you're presented with this other character, Abby, that you're just kind of like, oh, okay, who's this now? And you get to learn about her and learn about her motives and her uh, driving forces behind everything. And then you almost, and then how it's able to flip your viewpoint of those characters, again, for me, on its head. And to where you have drastically different impressions of those characters by the end of the game than you did at the beginning. And I just think how it wove the story together, built upon the foundations left by the first game, just was masterfully done. And so I think for its... And yes, the mechanics and the gameplay were great as well. Had a lot of fun with with the game and, and getting to learn all those and seeing the improvements built upon from the first game as well. But still, I, I don't think... And, and I mean, you'll remember this when the last was part one, when we, we talked about that on the show. And I always said, like, I don't know if I need a part two. And then part two, if but then like they proved me wrong because like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I got this part two because yeah. it just made me fall in love with this world and these characters and just the and just again, the amount of raw emotion they're able to pack into a video game like is outstanding. Not saying in not saying that can't be done and hasn't been done in other video games before, but I just feel like. Naughty Dog, what they did with Last of Us Part Two, really elevated and raised the bar for what we can expect in terms of 
the storytelling and the and the medium and the and the caliber of story, I guess, that uh, video games can provide. Because I, you know, all the all the things have come out this year too, especially with the with the pandemic that you know, video games are now making more on par with movies and TV and stuff like that as as far as like mo revenue and hours spent and enjoyment of that. And so I just think we're going to really even say, and who is it? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt even came out and said, I think the future of storytelling is going to gravitate more to video games for movies and stuff like that. And I think, so as we see the that progression, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more experiences that are similar to The Last of Us and then seeing how you know, and all that stuff, and especially The Last of Us Part 2. And I just think that like kind of seeing it's it's kind of one of those moments I was like, much like how the first game was for me, where I'm like, oh, this is what video games can be. I think the second one still gave me that exact same reaction with like, even though so many fantastic and wonderful games came out in the seven years in between, I still was just like, oh, this is what video games can be. And so I think, uh, you know, for me, that's why I think Last of Us Part Two has to be, has to be my game of the year. A great example of a game that came out when it was done, when yep. it was ready, baked was to perfection. And they were like, okay, now it's ready. We'll put it mm -hmm. out. So, mm -hmm. and here you go. Maybe some other people should be taking notes. I don't know. Who am I to talk so what is yours then? What's what is your 2020 game of the year? So I've essentially not mentioned it at all during this episode for good reason, because I wanted to make sure that it would come out and just grab you and be like, ha, sucker, you thought it would be one thing, but it's another. I'm not sorry. And I'm not just saying this to be like, you know, controversial or whatever. My game of the year is Paradise Killer. Oh, wow. It's not Animal Crossing. So here's a wow. thing. I do want to. I do want to say Animal Crossing New Horizons is easily second place. I mean, it's probably even second place and a half because Animal Crossing is a phenomenal game. I have sunk hundreds of hours into New Horizons. I get significant enjoyment out of it. I think it is well designed for the most part, but it has some significant quality of life issues that I still think are dragging it down. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that in our What I Want for Christmas sode. Yep. So if you want to know what my problems with Animal Crossing are, you can go listen to that one. But for the most part, Animal Crossing New Horizons is a great game. It is more than what I could have hoped for for Animal Crossing on the Switch. There's just a, a handful of things that they can't... How hard can it be to fix them? So I just think that it could be a little bit better. And I think that if it were a little bit better, it would be a perfect game. But that's only one of the reasons that it's not my number one game. The other reason is Animal Crossing is so hard to put into rankings because it's a game that doesn't end. Animal Crossing does not end. Uh, Roro actually did a really good YouTube video of his game of the year. And he explained that um, Animal Crossing wasn't his game of the year. It was the game of his life. And I was like, oh, that's such a, <laughs> that's good, a good way to put it. That's a good descriptor, the yeah. Yeah, because it's not really your game of the year, because if you're playing it for just one year, you're missing out, buddy. You got to keep going. There's there's more to ex experience. You got to do those holiday events again now that you've learned everything about them. You've got to keep working on your island. So for that reason, I wouldn't I don't even think I would have put New Leaf as like my game of the year back when it came out. And that was mm -hmm. pre when we started the show. But yeah, I wouldn't have done that either. Paradise Killer, on the other hand, is I think 
an incredible example of just the wildest game that I never saw coming. You know, when I bought Paradise Killer, we talked about this when I did my review. I bought Paradise Killer, got like an hour into it, and I was like, I don't want my $20 back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about this game. So it was, it's, it's such a hard sell. And I feel like I'm just shouting into the void here trying to get people to play it. But Paradise Killer is a phenomenal game it is a finished product it's a one and done kind of thing you play the game you finish it boom you're done and i feel like in the world of you know video games that kind of never end you know as more open world games come out blah 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 having a finished experience that is its own contained thing it really is gaining value uh in my mind for me as a gamer because it's just like yes i have completed the game I know I completed the game. There aren't all of these stray threads or side quests that I can still go back and do. I played the game and I'm done with it. And for me, it's just like, yeah, that's why Paradise Killer sticks in my mind as being something that is really bright and shiny in an otherwise, you know, not not dead year for sure, but in an otherwise not even not memorable. I don't know how to phrase it that doesn't make it sound like every other game was trash. <laughs> It's, um, the thing is, it was just that much more. Paradise Killer was so much more memorable than every other game. It was so much weirder. It was so much more unique. Wander Song and Concrete Genie are definitely kind of up there in those rankings. So is Spiritfarer, but you know how I feel about that game at yep. this point. So that one doesn't really count. But Paradise Killer, it's good. The writing is really interesting. The character designs are bananas. It is its own brand of strange, and it has no apologies about it. It just is what it is, and it expects you to just get on board and be on board. And it doesn't really even explain everything. It's just like, nope, this is just what's happening. Yeah, you better get with the program, or we'll we'll ship you back out to sea. Chop, chop, buddy, we have places to be. <laughs> It's like, you know what? I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that they kind of expect me to have a certain level of intelligence and imagination about my playthrough of this game. I appreciated that there was significantly more of an exploration aspect than I was expecting because it's an investigation game. It is a mystery investigation game. Most of what you do is talk to other characters to get clues about the mystery that you're investigating. And then you leave that person, you go talk to another character. But the in-between of that, everything that connected all of those different characters and threads was just so much more than I could have hoped for. I probably sank, I don't know, at least 40, 40 to 50 hours into that game. And it was 40 to 50 hours happily spent. I Once I actually got over that initial impression of like, oh, I don't know about this, and into the, oh, I see, I, I'm starting to get it now. I played that game just constantly and because I wanted to finish it. I had that extreme drive to like, okay, I got to figure this mystery out because it was so interesting. And then I have to resolve all the loose mm -hmm. threads and I have to make sure that no one gets away scot-free because I'm bringing justice to this lawless land. It's just <laughs> so fun. And I would, I would recommend Paradise Killer to anyone even even if it's not your typical cup of tea, it's not expensive. You can probably get it on sale. And it's so fun and so wild. And it did really well. I think it did, you know, uh, 
maybe not better than the developer expected, but it did well enough that I am now hopeful for potentially a sequel or even just a similar styled game to that from the same developer. So good God, Paradise Killer, what a game, what a wild game. game. <laughs> just what, a game. What, what an incredible <laughs> game. Like I still think about it every now and then and I'm like, oh my God, that was so incredible when that happened. And I still think about the imagery and I think about the soundtrack, the wonderful, wonderful soundtrack all the time. So Paradise Killer, man, just please play it. It. I, I, I know that some people are going to play it and be like, God, this sucks. <laughs> I don't for, get this. I want my twenty dollars back. I what are you talking about? My twenty dollars back. But for me personally, it was I would have paid sixty dollars for that game, and I would have been yeah. happy to do so. So, man, this, could they all be paradise killers? I did hear some people compare the game to the Danganronpa games, mm-hmm. which I've seen playthroughs of Danganronpa, and I kind of don't entirely agree with that because their gameplay is pretty different. Uh, think of like the gist of Danganronpa and kind of the, the 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 it being centered around a core mystery that you're investigating with people, mm-hmm. but omit all of the mini games, like the weird like little mini games that go along with Danganronpa that I never really liked the look of. Get rid of all of that, and then you've kind of got an approximation for what you can expect from Paradise Killer. It's just better, is all it is. It's just a nice. better game, and everybody should play it. So Paradise Killer, number one, baby. Not sorry. It's incredible. Man, I got to say, I'm glad that we don't talk about this beforehand because that was a wonderful surprise because I, I actually, assumed it was Animal Crossing. I'm a little surprised that you didn't see Paradise Killer coming because I was like, oh, it's going to be Paradise Like I knew way back like months ago after I finished Paradise Killer, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one. This oh, is the wow. game. <laughs> no, like so, that. That's that's that is the surprising thing to me. But I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome to, you know. Not be like just, me and just go with the low-hanging fruit for Game of the Year. No, and I think it's also that Paradise Killer had the unique opportunity of coming at exactly the right time. Because we did talk about, right before that, the other game that I had recently finished that sent me spiraling into depression was Spiritfarer. Mm-hmm. And that was such a letdown that then when I picked up a game that I had zero expectations of, had never heard of, my friend Zach just told me to play it. Not podcast Zach, different Zach. Uh, And I was like, you know what? Sure, 20 bucks, I'll play it. Zero expectations, and it just blew me out of the water. So Zach, thank you for the suggestion. I'll never doubt you again. (laughs) And yeah, Paradise Killer is a great game, and you should play it. Please go buy it. Support that developer. They're super cool. I think they're from Britain. Go, Britain! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that is awesome. Well... Yeah, if we would, of course, those were our games of the year. Last was part two from me, and Mogan had Paradise Killer, the hit none of us saw coming. But uh, we would love to hear, uh, of course, what your games of the year and what you enjoyed the most, or, you know, like our tagline says, what you didn't like of last of last year, games that you played. I honestly don't know if there was one from last. Was there a game that you played last year that you were just like, Oh, well, I guess Spirit Fair, I guess, would have been. Wait, are game. you really about to ask me? <laughs> because I, was, I, just I was doing said it, more it. For the, for, just for like the setup of the conversation. But then as I was saying, I was like, nope, I know exactly what oh, her answer is yeah, going to be. You know exactly um, what it was. <laughs> I'm trying to see. And, and that's, was... a, that's honestly very rare. It's rare that yeah. I have a game that I play to completion that I wind up not liking. And this was mm. a rare example of a game that I thought 
destroyed itself with the ending because leading yeah. up to that, I did enjoy it. And then the ending happened and I was like, mm, okay. Uh, that's a, that's a solid two thumbs down, actually. Oof. Sorry. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brutal. I mean, honestly, like, yeah, I th- I feel like we're both pretty, ha- uh, you know, happy go lucky w- in terms with like the stuff that we play and like even our impression would be like, oh, I didn't have the greatest time with it, but it was still fun. So like, you know, like our list of games that we have come across on the show that we're like, no, that wasn't good is very low, <laughs> but both naturally silver linings kind of people. Yeah. And it's we're- not common that we find a game that's like, oh. You know what? No. Yeah. The examples I, this year are. Or what? <laughs> Your audio cut out just a little bit there. It's what? Oh, I was saying Cyberpunk 2077 oh. to a certain extent uh, and yeah. Spirit Bearer because it's just, I don't know. Great well, concept, bad execution. I didn't necessarily have one. I feel like that I was like, oh, this game, like I didn't like, I think, but the same thing, I kind of had the same thing where the ending of the game kind of threw me off a little bit with Raji, an ancient epic. I love the game up until really the ending. It was just confusing. Not necessarily gameplay bad. Gameplay of Raji, I really enjoyed. I yeah, just, the, and the story of Raji, I, it just got to the end. I was like, what? I'd, okay. <laughs> but still, I wouldn't say like I hated it. And it, I would not say I hated the game. I actually, I very much enjoyed playing Raji. It was that was that's the only one I think for me that kind of came close to where I was like, that's not what I was expecting it to be. And was uh, no. it actually like the first game from that developer? Yeah, I think so. So that's the thing. That's a first try. They 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 did their first try, and it was good. It's a pretty it was good. good game. I enjoyed the it game. It had a weird ending, but it was good. And it it's the kind of game that does make me go, ooh, I would really like to see more from them. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do hope that they continue to make more games that are centered around uh, Indian culture, because I think that that was the highlight of that game for me. Oh, for was sure. Just getting to learn about a different culture, being told by those people. Because there are plenty of games that are made here in the West about other cultures, but it's like, it's not the same. You got to get it from the horse's mouth. You, you mm. got to get it from them to really get a good grasp of it. Yep, I agree. 100% agree. And so that's was that's why I've been like, if, if the ending, bar the ending of that game, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. But so we, of course, would always love to know what you played from the last year and what you're looking forward to playing for this year. Uh, but let us know by sending us an email at teamchatpodcast.gmail.com, r- commenting below on it, wherever you uh, listen or watch the show. Join our Discord server. Talk about it with us there. We would love to hear from you. But I think, Mogan, that that wraps up pretty successfully our uh, 2020. Oh, real quick. I will say this. I think I might already know the answer because you talked about it in your game of the year. But what would you say was your favorite soundtrack from the year? Man, it probably is Paradise Killer. <laughs> I mean, mine was yeah, going to be I, very simple. I'd probably have to go with Last of Us Part 2 as well. The The soundtrack for it was fantastic also. Is as much Animal Crossing as I've played, I will actually now say that the soundtrack to Animal Crossing New Horizons, I really don't like as much as New Leaf. Um, I, I've pretty much Another decided notch that against I, it. Yeah, right. Unfortunately, I'm just (laughs) I know that this is a complaint that's been lodged against Animal Crossing in the past, but especially with New Horizons, every different track sounded incredibly samey to me and it just nothing really stood out. So it's Mm -hmm. not that it's a bad soundtrack. It's just that nothing really stood out. So what can, what can you really say about it, right? Whereas with Paradise Killer, God, that title track, like Paradise, Stay Forever, I will stay forever. 
I will listen to this track forever. I'm thinking about it in my head right now because I love it so much. I'm like, paradise. (laughs) 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 All the time. And it's incredible. So yeah, Paradise Killer, 10 out of 10. But also Vampire Soundtrack was very good. Oh, Vampire is so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It has to be said. Vampire Soundtrack was A+. Yeah. For a game that it, that is what was it 2018 I think when that one came out but yeah that yeah. was that's a that was a good soundtrack for that sure was a damn good soundtrack but yeah so I think though we have successfully wrapped up our 2020 in review gave you those great games of the year and some of the other uh, highlights and lows from the from our gaming histories of the last year but uh, let us know your favorites all that jazz but that wraps up this episode of team chat podcast until next time everybody i'm one of your hosts jared wilson joined across the power of the internet by rachel mogan adios we'll see you all next time